This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College. Welcome to the Summit Show. This is your host, Caitlin Hashem. It is so great to be in the studio with one of my favorite people. His name is Dustin Adams. I almost said Dr. Dustin Adams. I wonder if that's prophetic because I feel like you are going to be a doctor one day. Well, I did just get accepted. That's No, you're lying. Yeah, I'm lying. You would not be that type of doctor. You would be a philosopher. You are a philosopher. Maybe like Dr. Dre is a doctor. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of like that. Or like Dr. Drew, kind of? No, not like a not like an advice doctor. You are just Dr. smart. Dr. Doolittle. Yes, animals. You love animals. Yeah, but that- I just feel like I haven't done much lately. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? It's great to be here with you. Thank you. I'm good. You it's- just got done teaching a class at Summit? Yeah, I. you were there for all those nights. What did you think? I really liked it. And you know what I really liked the most is that you didn't pull any punches. You like went straight into the nitty gritty. You talked about wokeism. You talked about all the controversial issues of our society and our culture, which I have to say, Dustin, it is so refreshing to just hear someone speak the truth. You know what I'm saying? And I think that it's very hard in our culture today to really tune into somebody who actually tells you the truth. Like if if you're on social media, you're looking at people who are trying to gain a following. You're looking at people who are trying to tell people what their itching ears want to hear. And you just didn't pull any punches. You talked about controversial topics of, of our culture. You know, you really broke down for us. First of all, you opened the class and you really spoke of biblical worldview or just worldview in general being a philosophy like you broke down what is philosophy and it's really these these questions that we ask ourselves like who am i who is god um honestly it was really refreshing i enjoyed every minute of it well i think the thing that uh sorry i don't want the mic to spike too much there i think the thing that the christian worldview class brings which not to say that other classes can't, but it is about tying everything together as a Christian. So when you say addressing these topics that are controversial or difficult, that's the whole point of understanding the philosophy of Christianity or Christianity as a, as a holistic approach. And we can break down the faith into different parts, which is important. When people are coming into the church, especially historically, we're having a conversation with our producer here before this about before you're baptized or confirmed to know the different doctrines and things. But the whole picture is how we are able to interpret life from a Christian perspective rather than just thinking in a way that's um, fragmented. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or compartmentalized. That is why I think sometimes there are people who are Christians who are pro-choice. <clears throat> Pardon me. I have that Bakersfield allergy. <laughs> yeah. Can't clear my throat thing. Yes, it sucks. <clears throat> All of that to say, I feel like there's a difference when we're listening to conservative talk or you know some of the political politically conservative news stations there's a difference in the way that they're expressing hot topics and when i listen to conservative talk um just politically speaking when i say conservative talk i mean like um you know in a political realm i kind of get a little drained i get like overwhelmed um i'm not really a super uh 
political person in the respect of like, okay, I'm going to be constantly listening to the news and all of that. But when you take topics that are in the news and you actually reflect on them and talk about them in the context of biblical worldview and like how does god tell us or challenge us to face these controversies because it's one thing to have a controversy but if you don't have tools to deal with that or to have a conversation around that it just feels very heavy and it feels like very um i think that sometimes too when i listen to conservative talk it's like i feel like there's like a level of i have to have my ears like i have to be really discerning because i feel like i'm being manipulated by somebody like to try to believe in one way but when you are having a conversation like what we had we had several conversations in the class that you just taught at summit bible college several conversations you opened it up that's what i love about your the socratic method yeah i like that socratic approach yeah and you taught me so much about that just even other classes that you taught at summit it's like i want to be able to talk as you know i i have like a lot to say and you open it up you open the discussion up and people are able to verbally process and come to their own like understanding of like okay why does this matter like why does targets um you know transgender line clothing line matter because it's on the news let me give yeah maybe an analogy that yeah just came to me but it works for me Mm -hmm. when i was little I remember my dad would watch football, and maybe my brother would watch football. My brother's older than me. And when the Super Bowl was on, I might watch a little bit, right? I liked the Raiders. They were in L.A. Eventually they were in Oakland. Now they're in Las Vegas. They're dead to me. (laughs) But I couldn't really enjoy it, maybe partly because I was little. But there's another reason why. In fifth grade, I decided to try out for our flag football team. And uh, I made the team. I'm quite an athlete. But there's something that changed for me, which I'm really glad I did, which is I understood the rules for the first time. And so when I started watching football after having learned the rules, it became a different experience for me. A lot of people get together during Super Bowl parties and they're, oh, touchdown or sack or whatever it is. and, And it's exciting, kind of. But they don't really know what's going on. The more you watch, the more you know the rules, the more enjoyable it is. And that was the thing. It made it enjoyable for me. So now I love watching football. And no, I'm not coach level or anything, but I listen to sports radio. I watch sports stuff more, just usually just for football. But I understand the game. Understanding Christianity from a worldview perspective, or anything, but in this case, understanding Christianity the bigger picture, you start to understand, just like in a football game, why are they running the ball right now? Why are they throwing the ball right now? What was the reasoning for doing this, that, or the other? And, of course, there's the Monday morning quarterbacking, too, that they call it, where you're questioning it later on. Why did the coach call this or that? But that's the whole thing. When you understand, you're able to ask reasonable questions and to try to understand why something is what it is and then apply it across the board. Like I was saying a few minutes ago, someone can be a Christian and be pro-choice, but that is an inconsistent thing to do. So I don't want the listeners to think I'm saying you can be a Christian and be pro-choice and that's okay. I'm saying people, when they are compartmentalized in their thinking, they don't have a worldview understanding of the faith. And that's why people misunderstand the point of Scripture. They think... 
does scripture tell us about aliens or does it, uh, what is hell like? And these questions that it doesn't really address. And from a Christian perspective, we can evaluate something like, are there aliens? There's not a Bible answer to that, but there is a Christian philosophy that you can use to try to approach those questions. And obviously for the more important issues, like the life issues, such as abortion or a lot of the wokeness stuff that we're talking about, the hatred in the culture, these movements that are are meant to stifle rather than um, create and foster community and a good place to live. These are all very important to Christians, but if we're not thinking Christianly, that's when we get off track and caught up in some of these other things. Yeah, you throw out words like wokeism and stuff, and and maybe the listeners know what that means, but let's kind of break that down for the listeners a little bit, because I feel like that was a consistent theme throughout what you taught in Worldview and right now, because listen, the book that you even taught out of, technically you didn't teach out of it, the students read out of it, you taught your own material, but that book is like outdated compared to what we have right, going yeah. on. Right? And it's not even that old. It is exactly. What, 20, 25 years, yeah. uh, obviously things... <sighs> are going to be the same for anything like under the sun. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of most things, but it just, there's so much now. You couldn't anticipate. I mean, if a book were written five years ago, I don't know that it could really no. address what's anything going on pre COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's True. just like crazy about this whole, like what is wokeism? And so my definition would be like, I mean, and I want to hear what you have to say about it. It's really like a, it's a movement that desires through, infiltration of the culture to keep people in a poverty mentality. Yeah, I would say wokeism is an ideology that consistently undermines the worth of the individual and this this Marxist idea in, in, in Marxism, Marx painted it as you had two groups, the the bourgeois, the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat. And it was on economic grounds. Wokeism is always has almost like in Star Wars, you know, where you have Darth Vader and the Emperor. Okay, you have a Sith, and then sorry, am I going too crazy with no, this? Please, but I think some please, people, you always have a word. Sith Lord and someone below him. There's always something like that. Well, because there's always these two, and they're at odds, even though the Emperor and Darth Vader are on the same side. It's confusing, but they're on the dark side. That's why. So. What you have with this Marxist idea is rather than it being economic, it becomes cultural. So it becomes black versus white or gay versus straight. And they have this idea of intersectionality, which is you start to dissect community civilization in terms of, okay, this person is white. This person's white and gay. This person's black and gay. This person's a black woman, gay and handicapped. And it's you start to have this um, stratification of uh, harm or injury or um, it, culturally, like these people are behind culturally. And so you have like who's the most oppressed, kind of an oppress-off sort of thing. And, and so it paints people into these corners and it pits people against each other and it makes community impossible. Wow. That's, well that's essentially what I what I would argue is wokeism, is that there is always, always going to be pitting one group against another based on some perceived oppression. That is amazing that you broke it down so clearly. I It puts a lot into perspective. That's what I'm saying. When you look at these hot topics right now or these things where it's like, okay, well, 
okay, the Target thing, you know, Target has a transgender line and it's created by a Satanist, right? And like, how do you, how do you look at that? No. So for me, here's, here's just a personal approach that I take. So obviously Instagram, Facebook, I'm off right now and it feels great. Um, I feel like my mind has been like purged of poison and I'm reading Dustin, I'm reading books right now. Like it's amazing. I feel like now that I'm not and you, you haven't been on social for a while, social media for a while, but like you have so much time, you have so much more time to devote yourself to like just things that matter. Um, so you have all these controversies, right? The target thing, it's blowing on social media blowing up. Everybody's talking about it. These Christians are like buy target and they're writing letters to target and all this stuff. Well, I don't, need to subscribe to proving to somebody else on social media that I'm against Target. I don't have to waste my time writing Target a farewell letter on social media because that's that isn't something that I feel driven to do. But you have these people who are who were well intended, many of them, who feel like they constantly, like you were just saying, this pit against pit against one person. We as Christians often fall into that trench where it's like if we don't speak out we're not doing our part but i feel like when i look at that something gets really unsettled in me because i'm like i'm not saying i'm you know all about shopping at target like i haven't stepped foot in target once since i saw the transgender section and i saw the satanist who created that i have no desire to because the holy spirit came in and convicted me about that it it wasn't because my so-called my friend that's a christian wrote a letter saying bye to target. That's not why I'm not shopping at target. I'm not shopping at target because the Lord has convicted me not to. So I feel like, uh, Dustin, what we deal with in our culture and you removed yourself years ago from it is you got so attacked. You were a part of like so much backlash on social media because of certain views that you shared. And I think you like really took the wise road and you're like, you know what? I'm going to remove myself completely from this conversation because you can't say loud enough. What you believe on social media for someone to hear, it doesn't matter yeah, how- I'm not on social media, but I do get on YouTube. And today, I don't know why this came up in my algorithm, but there's an ad. And I don't even know what it means, but there's a girl in workout gear. She's in a gym, kind of rainbowish stuff. And it says, in celebration of and with the LGBTQIA2S plus fitness community. What in the world is the 2S plus? This sounds like a phone. I have I, no idea. <laughs> and, and, and not only is it all that, it's a fitness community. See what I mean about community? It makes community impossible. And so in their fitness community, whatever that is, if you don't agree Subscribe with every letter in the alphabet soup there, guess what? You're not welcome to that fitness community. And that's what I mean. It It, it is... The, the total destruction of community. Yeah, but in like what I was saying with social media too, like it's I feel like it's impossible to even have community through social media. You know, because everybody's saying something about something all the time. And it's like I can't even um I have a hard time listening. <clears throat> to what people have to say that I even value like on through a social media platform. Cause I'm like, dude, what are their motives? <laughs> like, I feel like I've, it's creating mistrust. That's a good way to put it. Like I feel like it's creating mistrust. Uh, I, I agree. If talking about the motives thing, that's the hardest thing or at least one of the hardest things that I deal with is 
when there are people who are, in a sense, on my side or I'm on their side or on the same side, whatever, but they're not good people, that's always really difficult. When they're, when they're, just to say, they're legit, genuine Christians, but they go out into the open air and they're yelling at people and challenging people in a way that doesn't bring light, it brings a lot of heat. Oh, I find that really difficult because they represent me or my faith in some way or another, even though I may not like all that they do or have to say, even though I might agree with a lot of the content. That's really difficult. And in this age of social media, how do you display that in a way that you're saying, well, I do agree with what this person's saying, at least as far as this goes, but I don't like the way they're saying it. But how can you really communicate that well on social media? You yeah, know, that's I, hard to do. it is hard to do. And I think going back to kind of centering back on the classroom um, that we were just in, you just ended your class a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And there's nothing better than that, you know, that community of really coming together, learning, having the same heart and the desire to just be sharpened. We want to be sharpened, like for the Lord, we want to be a tool that God can use. And in order for us to be tools that God can use, whether it's, you know, us evangelizing or us praying for someone or us walking through someone um, through counseling, we have to know the truth. We have to know the truth. We have to be sober-minded. The Word of God talks about being sober-minded. And I think that my experience with you as one of your students um, is that you bring something unique to any other professor I've ever had, and that's sober-mindedness. Do you know what I mean when I say that? You're not just, like, fluffy in your talk. You know, you're really, like... There is a difference between... Like, I remember one year... I wish I had my notebook that I took notes in for your class... I might, but you were like talking about the difference between falsehood and reality. Like one of the times you were like, what is real? Like we were talking about the transgender stuff, I think, but it it was a reoccurring topic of like, you know, you are a, if you're born a woman, you are a woman. Like that is reality, like kind of just like the basics of reality and that's what mount walsh does so well in his um documentary what is a woman um i watched it it's really good it's just like okay ask definitive questions and and there is one answer to this because it's a fact it's it's a one our society has completely blurred the lines you know and you talked a lot about that i don't know if you have any comments on that i hope the thing that i bring and the reason why i think i can or at least at times and i hope to is one I've I've been a a faithful Christian, not without sin, of course, but a faithful Christian for a good twenty five years, and that's not counting my upbringing. But I, I'm not going to go into any detail on this. But I've had my own type of suffering, and anybody who's suffered can learn can can hopefully come away being able to love other people in a way that's with legit empathy and you're not trying to win an argument and you really love the person and I and again I'm not trying to say I'm I'm amazing but I just think when you really care about the person and I think that's what was modeled for me we talked about on the previous radio show a couple months ago 
that was what was modeled for me by a couple of mentors of mine who are husband and wife is that they really cared about the individual. And at that time when I was learning from them, I really was into the arguments and I was really excited about learning from them because they, they were, they were apologists, award-winning apologists and such, but their humility is what has stayed with me the longest. And humble people can't be offended. That's what I've learned. Humble people, you can't offend a humble person, which is probably why we can't offend God, at least to the point where he's done with us. Yes, we can say or do things that are offensive in the sense they go against the moral nature of God and the moral law and such. But God is able to take it when we're frustrated with him and we're angry with life. And sometimes... Are we going to run out of time here? Because I have a little story to tell. We have about seven minutes. Seven? <clears throat> I, and if I told this story last time, <clears throat> stop me. And, but, okay, do what you will with that. But I don't remember if I told it. You, you could tell it again because there's a good chance I didn't hear it. So, Bob and Gretchen Passantino, <clears throat> go ahead and look them. Go ahead and Google them. You could see their books and stuff. And, and uh, anyway, they're the most brilliant couple or a couple of people and couple, husband and wife, that I've ever known. What's, what's interesting to me is in the late 80s or early 90s, they told me this story because I didn't get to know them until 99, like the latter part of, or mid part of 99. So a lot of their stories go back 10, 20, 30 years even. They, you know who the Anton LaVey is? Did we talk about this last mm-hmm. time? Okay. He's the founder of the Church of Satan. He founded it in the 1960s, and he wrote the Satanic Bible, and he tried to come off as this really creepy, evil guy. Even though he himself didn't believe in God, demons, the devil, or anything, he just, for him, Satan was a literary figure who rebelled against God. And so Anton LaVey just wanted to point out how ridiculous and weird religion is, so he created the Satanic Bible, the Satanic Church. And really, it's just a sort of form of self-pleasure, atheism, agnosticism. They say the the holy day for them is your own birthday, that sort of thing, okay? Bob and Gretchen got to interview him wow. in his home wow. in San Francisco. Wild. And and they may have been the first Christian. They said something about maybe they were the first to interview him there or something along those lines. But they they went out to dinner with him and I at that time being a young Christian, all I thought, oh my gosh, are you crazy? What are you doing? And <clears throat> wow, yeah. So they went out to dinner with him up there in San Francisco. Bob and Gretchen lived in Orange County. And when they went to the din- to dinner and they uh, had conversation, I said, "Wow, what was he like?" And Gretchen said, "Oh, just a broken down guy going through a divorce." And I was like, "What?" And Bob said. Yeah, he was upset with his uh, wife who was divorcing him because she was trying to take him for everything he had. And, and Bob jokingly said, I told him, well, she's just being a good Satanist. <laughs> she's just trying to get get as much as she can out of this life. Wow. And that has stuck with me, This the way Gretchen said that. She was so compassionate. Just as, Instead of, oh, this creepy guy, this Satanist, it's just a broken down, sad man. That's what she saw. This guy who just needed the Lord. And it doesn't make him innocent of things he did or whatever, things that he believed in. 
but it does give a Christian perspective on a human being who is just lost. Wow. And has gone to such great lengths to show his lostness. And that has helped me to see people as people, not just a category or uh, a representation, a caricature of something. And I, I, the day that Bob died, Bob Passantino, Bob Passantino died, it was uh, late 2003. Gretchen was scheduled to be on the Hank Hanegraaff Bible Answer Man broadcast, and I think Bob died the night before. She ended up going on the show. I think it was by phone, but she did the show because she said everybody told her, and she believed this is what Bob would have wanted you to do. Uh, they took calls. A guy called in and just went on about how he's just so upset with God and why does God allow this, that, and the other, and then his life is so bad. And I have the cassette tape of it somewhere, and Gretchen said, listen to me, let's just say his name was Bob, or Bobby, okay? Bobby, listen, God loves you, the real you. Not you on good behavior, not you trying your best to look good, you. And I'm thinking, she just lost her husband. And here she is comforting someone who's just lost and angry. And her response is, God loves you. You don't have to do anything for him to love you. And to to get to that point and to not ever sugarcoat suffering and to recognize sometimes life is really hard. And sometimes God is with us in our suffering. I know he is with us, but it doesn't always take away the suffering that's really hard we believe ultimately there's a payoff if you will but life is hard sometimes and when we just treat people like categories or caricatures of something we don't get to really love them the way god does you're 100 percent right and i think you know you had said i hope that you're known for that <laughs> you are known for that um, not only do you create a sober minded, like y- you create a sober experience to your students of like, let's understand the difference between like what's false and what's reality, what is true reality and rooting us in understanding of scripture and knowledge. But it's very clear that in these topics, you're very much driven by the expression of God's love. But in that, I think we've lost touch as a, as a society in a lot of ways of like speaking the truth in love. And like, I think we think the only way to do that now is through social media. I think a lot of the times because of the culture, we, we are limited by what that looks like for us because we think we need to do it on social media, but not everybody is called to that. It's almost like, I feel it's so competitive in that realm. Like, like I said, you can't shout loud enough to be heard. Um, not that there isn't some value in it, but how are we really treating the people that we love? How do we have relationships? Are we relational? Are we, do we pursue people with Christ's love? Do we speak to them? Like you had talked about, we have like 30 seconds left, but you talked about this lesbian couple that had gone to your church and you had just a matter of factly said, you know, no, it wasn't my church. It was a, uh, like a discussion group that someone had and that I, I went to. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, just saying. Yeah, that's good to clarify. But you, you just said, a matter of fact, what did you say? Like, 
You're, well, I think people are going to have to listen yeah, to that show. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it at the next show. It's going to be a good one, guys. Tune in next week. We love you. This is The Summit Show, and this is Caitlin Hashem and Dustin Adams. This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College.